Hey, everybody, this is Larry the Cable Guy. Check this out. So I'm in my truck driving with my buddy, and we was heading up to the men's warehouse to fart in the suits, and he's listening to his phone. And I said, that sounds like Hermie Sadler. He said, it is Hermie Sadler. He's got a podcast called Leaning Right and Turning Left with Sadler and the Senator. I said, Sadler and the Senator? He said, yeah, that's his good buddy, Virginia State Senator Bill Stanley. I said, well, what in the world? He didn't know this. I said, did you know that Hermie Sadler was voted one of the 50 best-looking drivers in NASCAR? He said, I did not know that. I said, because it ain't true. <laughs> you never know, though. He never takes off his helmet. But I know one thing. This show, Leaning Right, Turning Left, is good. So pull up a chair right there by your phone, get yourself a cold beer, and give a listen right here to this week's episode of Leaning Right, Turning Left with Sadler and the Senator. I'll tell you what, I bet Michael Waltrip's even listening. He's always wanted to do something like that. Oh, Sadler, got another one over on Waltrip. Get her done! I'm Virginia State Senator Bill Stanley, Leaning Right. And I'm Hermie Sadler, and I'm Turning Left. Another edition of Leaning Right and Turning Left with Sadler and the Senator, powered by Pacematic. What's happening, Herm? Senator, how are you? Man, I'm doing great. I'm feeling good. Got a good meal in my belly. It was a good meal. My friends. Good meal. Prepping for a big federal case I've got with uh, with our guests that we're going to have on later. But, um, you know, another week, another podcast. Here we go. So, and, uh, so we are in Richmond. We are. And uh, we just had a, a meal. Um, you said tacos, but that wasn't exactly tacos. What was it? That was tacos de carne asada. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It was. Well. It was hot, <laughs> and it was good. That's what it means in Spanish. Yeah, it carne, was carne is meat. Asada is hot as shit. It was. It was hot. Mm-hmm. It was hot. Well, did you eat enough? I did. I, 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 I try was, to make you all nice, man. When you come out really here, good. this podcast. When I when I make you come to Richmond, we're up here um, with my law partner, and we're getting ready for a motions hearing in a federal court case. It seems like it's gone on for about two years, and probably has or more. And uh, so we're getting ready, but we thought we'd tape this podcast this week right here, right now in the same place where we've done it before at the residence Inn on Dickens road, where I usually stay during the uh, general assembly session at the apartments they got there. So it's nice to be back and nice to see you fellas, but you know, we've got our fanny pack back. Shit. Well, thanks for telling the uh, casino mob where we are tonight. I appreciate that. <laughs> great job. By the time this drops, we will not be here. <laughs> That's a great job. And I'm going to have to change my hotel for the general assembly session, I guess. But yeah, this is where I stay and, uh, or I stay at a couple other places. Uh, used to stay in a house. And, yeah, yeah, that's right. So, you know, I move around uh, periodically into protected areas. So. We have been on the road a lot recently we with have. the podcast. Last week, we were up at Wintergreen. We were. And, a uh, Speedway before that. A Speedway yeah. before that. We were last week at Wintergreen prepping for our upcoming uh, skill game trial. We'll go back to court in December. I maybe. thought that went pretty well. Yeah, it went great. Yeah. I th- mm-hmm. uh, we're very confident for those that are following the podcast, those small business owners that have skill games in their businesses, uh, we're ready. We're, we're tan. We're rested. We're ready. We're Not ready great games, but skill games. It's a big Gr- difference. Gray games, gray machines. That's a derogatory term that was created by the casinos to try to say that the skill game was brought in through the back door, which was a lie because in Virginia they were brought in through the front door. And actually our guest was a part of that um, where they went to the ABC. We talked about that a little bit last week when we talked about where we were in our court case, but went to the alcohol beverage control for Virginia, had them test the games. And they said, no, these are games predominantly of skill. 
where you can win every time so they're not covered under the games of chance prohibition that we have in our laws in the Commonwealth of Virginia. And then uh, even our guest was a part of this. They then went to individual county, cities, and towns and said, hey, we would like to have these in bars, restaurants, uh, convenience stores, truck stops. Do you have a problem with that? And if the county or city said they had a problem with it, they didn't go there. And so every time I hear gray machines, it makes my skin crawl because it is a derogatory term that's not worth um, what the words that are used to say it. And quite frankly, it, I think gray machines uh, really refer to the illegal machines that occurred that proliferated here in the Commonwealth after uh, Virginia's General Assembly tried to ban the games and we sued and got the injunction. By that time, we got the injunction. Those games of chance that are unregulated were run by some criminal syndicates, um, certainly untaxed. Uh, those were proliferating and, uh, and skill games actually lived by the law, both during the ban and then came back on during our injunction. 100% on of the quote-unquote gray area in this process has been created by the casinos, the lobbyists, the out-of-state special interests, mm -hmm. legislators, everybody who is in favor of trampling on the constitutional rights of small businesses just to acquiesce to the uh, casinos and trying to give them this government a monopoly that we've been fighting. But uh, we covered that last week. And uh, how about introduce our guest, uh, a fourth member of the panel tonight, a special guest. Uh, fourth on the scorecard, first in my heart. Uh, this guy was actually a uh, classmate of Moses. His social security number is seven. Uh, this guy has been a former attorney general. He's got a fancy license plate, kind of like you got. He does, uh, given to him uh, by uh, members high up in the government to make sure that he's such a bad driver that they still don't pull his <laughs> over. Uh, if you ever want a thrill, get in a, get in a sidecar with him. Like a roller coaster. And let him drive. Just don't move the seat. In fact, ladies and gentlemen, uh, like this is a movement. former attorney general of the Commonwealth of Virginia. My law partner... Lives in a little gnome castle in Wintergreen. We were there uh, uh, last week, and we have a yeah. story to tell from that alone. But this guy is probably one of the best-known lawyers in the Commonwealth of Virginia, one of the greatest lawyers in the Commonwealth of Virginia, full of stories, full of fun. A dry sense of humor, just like my chicken, I guess, was uh, last week, Shep. It was a little dry. And Shep said there was more than one person that said my chicken was dry. And there was only one other person that ate it. Was my chicken dry? Herm? Are you insinuating that I said that? I think you insinuated that you I thought it was did dry. not say that. Uh -huh. And here I made him a nice meal again today, and the meat was dry. Was it again? Well, did no? you notice how fast he pronounced it? Normally when a person talks fast, it's because they're really covering up for a mistake. But I will say the meal was very, very good tonight. The meat was moist. Warm. My wife was pissed. Senator had she moist meat. To the podcast. And, and, like, and warm, too. And it, but it's a little spicy. <laughs> We'll uh, have a few commercial breaks. My wife's got a bone to pick with you because she said in the, the 15 years I've been making her dinner, never had dry chicken ever. So there you go. My breasts are not dry. Okay. But your thighs were. <laughs> my thighs are never dry. Well, I mean, you, uh, well, we, we were in the middle of the introduction. introduction. Yeah, <laughs> chicken in a whole can of chicken broth. I, I mean, it couldn't have been but so dry. Ladies and gentlemen, our guest tonight, a man whose drumsticks are always juicy, the former attorney general, of the Commonwealth of Virginia, and my law partner at the Stanley Law Group. He runs our Richmond office, and I don't think he even has a set of keys to the place. Ladies and gentlemen, Anthony F., and that's Anthony Troy. Tony Troy, ladies and gentlemen. I do have keys to the Richmond office. <laughs> Can you get the heat fixed? Because <laughs> winter make that is clear. coming. 
When's the last time you went there? Because I know there's probably some mail piled up for you. Well, in order to get to the office at the Richmond office, there are 182 steps that you have to go up. <laughs> it is on the second floor of an older building, yeah. which does, is not ADA compliant. The way the hallway is. Look, when we became partners and I got him this you know, office and we started practicing out of it, number one, uh, he demanded that one of those you know, kind of elevators be put in, you know, the ones that are along the, the railing and oh, kind of you sit into and, and then it runs you up there. And uh, he bitches, moans, and complains all the way up every damn step, and then threatens to sue me. He never got me the elevator. No. So my first question he's is: gotta hurt, He's got to hit certain financial <laughs> numbers every year to get the elevator. Uh, Mr. Troy, uh, Bill introduced you as a member of his legal team or a, a law firm partner. I got two questions: Why is your name? not in the title of the company, which it should be, it should be potentially Troy and Stanley. Um, out of seniority. Out of seniority in respect for the former attorney general. Mm -hmm. And in your own words, one of the best attorneys. Um, yeah, ever. And, but if not, is, is, do you consider Mr. Troy to be like a, an equal or like a paralegal? Yeah. I mean, is he a name partner or what? He's an equal. He's an, he's the group. Well, we, we I'm discussed the Stanley, that. He's the group. And to Bill's credit, uh, you know, if we named it Troy Stanley or TS, we thought that that acronym just wouldn't fly. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, so maybe we should do it. So that you don't way. think Stanley and Troy or Troy and Stanley? Well, there was no way he was going to go second on the name. So yeah, <laughs> and then it would have been TS. Uh -huh. And I still owe him because you know our upper window is supposed to have his name in it, but. You know, I said, well, I'll just put Tony Troy, Tony Troy Esquire up there. And he said, no, Anthony F. Troy. And I said, the window ain't that big. <laughs> so, you know, we have limited space up there. So we were in a disagreement and we've never gotten around to it. But, but he is, uh, you know, I've, I've had some partners in my day. I've had some famous lawyers like Tony. I've had, you know, Gil Davis, uh, who ran for attorney general, uh, who represented Paula Jones alongside Joe Camerata. We had Joe Camerata on the, on the uh, podcast earlier. We have a great podcast library that I think we can, you know, tell all of our listeners and even our new ones, go back and listen to those because they're great and they're evergreen. They're always timely. We have people on like Kyle Petty, Lieutenant Governor Winsome Sears, Dale Earnhardt Jr. We've got lists and lists and lists. Ray Everham. I could go on and on and on. Kane, the wrestler. Um, but, you know, we wanted Tony Troy to be on this podcast. He declined last year. He said no. And maybe that was during the contract dispute. <laughs> I can't remember. But uh, what, changed, what changed your mind, Mr. Troy? Why did you go from a hard no to a very reluctant yes? Well, I've been following this strike out in California, the Writers Guild. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I don't mind crossing that picket line and trying to get on this podcast. <laughs> There's no writing if you haven't listened. You have not listened to this podcast. <laughs> there is no writing. There's no script. There's no script. There's no, there's no writer. Well, that's it's all spontaneous. what I'm saying. You know, the... Writers Guild oh. isn't worried about this podcast. So we're not violating. We're not scabbing here. So I can come on. And, you know, Tony is not like me in the sense of no, he is a liberal Democrat. No way. A liberal Democrat. And so I want to get his view on things. What? Oh, yeah. I mean, can't you smell the liberal? You can't? I thought it was the meat. Does that not, does that not cause y'all... <laughs> Not not on a personal level, but does that, does that cause y'all 
to have different views on things related to the to law. The law. I'll ask. I'll let Tony answer that one. Uh, Tony, not on the law. The law is the law. Yeah. So you are a he. You're legit. You are a liberal Democrat. I am not a liberal. I served and held office as a Democrat. I would Sorry say I'm that. fiscally conservative. Uh, and uh, yeah, you're fiscally conservative in the pool you build. The I mean pickleball court. I, I've want. been hearing about a, a, a car seat that's going to cost what six thousand dollars to get put back on the track. That's not a little Toyota. That's <laughs> in, not a Kia. So in his in his old Mercedes that he gave to his stepdaughter. Yes. Right. I mean, this guy. Let's know it, but I want to get back. You can't hide money. How? how, how of course, friendship and stuff trumps all, you know, in, in my view. But I, I imagine it, it is. It does make for interesting debate and conversation when you've got a, a a Republican and a Democrat talking about issues, right? Or no? I have the ability to let it go in one ear and out the other more than he does. Oh, he does. Okay. <laughs> he might be right about that. But you know, this is a perfect situation where. Left and right can come together for the good of, of the law firm and the good of helping people. And, and we need more of this in the world today. Well, I guess I'd say it this way. I, I think with, with Tony, you know, we knew each other for years before we ever became partners and always had the highest respect for him ever. I mean, former attorney general, and he demands that you call him General Troy. I mean, you know, it's kind of ridiculous, but I do it anyway to humor him. And, but but have enormous respect for his abilities and, and was just thrilled to bring him on board. And, um, and I think what he demonstrates is, and I think together we demonstrate is you can disagree on political views and not be disagreeable. And quite frankly, I think we have a good time, our banter going back and forth on certain things, whether it's Trump's crimes, alleged crimes, or, or just even right their most local stuff, or even belief that he's got a, have a radical viewpoint on everything that ever comes up in life just because he's a damn dirty Democrat. It's a lot of fun for us. So we usually spend half of our time. Um, usually when we talk in the morning, we usually talk three or four times. He calls me uh, like his grandkids. I mean, he just incessantly calls me every day. And so we usually start off with like, do you see what's on MSNBC this morning? And I'm like, I haven't watched MSNBC since 1998. Well, you're missing Rachel Maddow. She's very smart. And I'm like, yeah, right. And then, and then he'll ask me questions like, why is all the women on Fox News blonde haired? <laughs> we'll just then we'll just start. Talking this about is that. getting a little overboard. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, not true. And then and, uh, he goes, blue, no. blue, don't eat my mail. <laughs> so that that is true. <laughs> <laughs> blue is his. What, Warmer Reiner, or what do you got there? Big Johnny He's dog? a Great Pyrenees. So like one of the biggest dogs you can ever have, he's got, which is like a an animal furry bowling ball. So I saw I'm, a picture of him tonight. Yeah, and I always fear that he's going to knock Tony over. I, I get calls, believe it or not, this is a true story, one of many we have. Bill. Yeah, Tony. Hey, Tony here. I'm like, yeah, no, Tony. I saw your name on the... Yeah, yeah, it's Tony. Yeah, okay, Tony. Thanks. Ah, you know that check uh, for, you know, my partnership cut. Like, yeah. Can you resend it? I'm like, why? Uh, Blue doesn't like the FedEx man. I'm like, so? He ate the package. <laughs> like, Legit. Legitimate ate. He's eaten more than one check. So that dog has eaten about $50,000. So did you have to check. buy into the law firm? Well, 
we, we, we won't go into uh, those finances. Uh, it is not publicly um, disclosed. A heavy, heavy burden. And that's very yeah. confidential. Very et cetera. Hey, but so I will say that uh, others have recognized the needs uh, for a Democrat, specifically um, former Governor Bob McDonald. Yeah. Uh, when he was under investigation, uh, I was one of the first people that he reached out to yeah. uh, because I was a Democrat and I was able to uh, uh, speak uh, in his favor properly because, uh, as we know from the final decision by the Supreme Court of the United States, he should never have been charged in the first place. Well, you know, and that's and and I put together the the first drafts of the amicus brief to the Supreme Court uh, for legislators and was able to get together uh, Democrats and Republicans who signed on to that uh, friend of the court brief that I drafted uh, in support of Bob McDonald on appeal after he was convicted. And you know the person that was the prosecutor in the Bob McDonald case? He's none other than the same special prosecutor in the Donald Trump case, which is, what's his name? Jack Smith. Jack Smith. No. Jack Smith. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. And so Jack Smith, who was, I mean, Bob McDonald's appeal to the United States Supreme Court was overturned unanimously, right? Nine that's to nothing. That's correct. Which that's another bipartisan thing. And Tony was instrumental in helping there. And as you've heard me say, Bob McDonald's probably my favorite governor. I thought he did a great job and he was very supportive of me and I, I to him and love him very much. But um, that's I the got, guy. I got a, I forgot the exact number. I think it was 109 former attorneys general throughout the United States, Republican and Democrat, uh, to sign on to an amicus brief wow. in Bob's favor. And uh, in fact, uh, uh, the chief justice uh, commented upon uh, the fact that it was such a bipartisan group of former attorneys general. Yeah, my, my amicus, he calls his amicus, I call mine amicus, tomato, tomato. We had- What's the proper- Thirty. What's some the proper way to say it, General Troy? Silence. Say what? Is you, do you say amicus or amicus? Potato, potato. Amicus, amicus. Let me ask you this: What is your viewpoint on? Uh, we talked about Trump a few minutes ago. What do you think about Hunter Biden's potential challenges coming up? Well, uh, you know uh, he's got his problems, and uh, you know the Department of Justice is going to deal with it. I wish I had a son like him. Now, I'd be rich. <laughs> you know, where Bill and I would disagree is that I think the Department of Justice ought to go after Hunter Biden, and I don't see where we have uh, a you know House Judiciary Committee needing to go after Hunter Biden when the Department of Justice is also going. Oh, after Tony, him. they're not even going after the Biden. They're giving him the gun charge in order to kind of like wax over. The violations. Good of job, Shep. You've already got them all. Federal <laughs> Foreign Agent Registration <laughs> Act, and and whatever else you know he's done. There's like, oh, three, he dumped a he dumped a counts. gun in the trash can near a school. We'll just hit him with that instead three of three counts over the same gun. Oh come on, man. I mean, you're 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 overlooking the millions decision. of dollars that he collected for for the big guy. So, uh, oh, oh wait, and actually, oh. in our contract that we have as his partnership, it says ten percent for the big guy. It's amazing. Now I know what he means. He's Democrats. But you, I mean, you cannot ignore the fact that he's out there shilling. The only reason he was on Burisma's board was because his last name was Biden. He even admits that. Got paid 800 grand a month to keep people away from Burisma. And you just go, good boy. I wish I had one. Because you know, they said he had a, what was the interview on Good Morning America? 
they were asking him questions. Do you have experience in the oil industry? No. Do you have experience in this? No. Do you have experience in that? No. So, you know, that interview probably will come back to be very telling on the entire situation when this is all over. As to Hunter, yeah. What about Joe? What about Joe? What about let's connect the, the dots somehow. Hey, just but while we talk, do you do speculating? You, do you know or have Spec- met Joe Biden at some point in your yeah, oh yeah, career? I, I've met him a number of times. What? And, uh, I'll let your family that was not on your application to the Stanley Law Group. <laughs> also, of course, uh, as a former attorney general, I uh, uh, was very familiar with and uh, worked with uh, Bo Biden when Bo was attorney general of Delaware. A lot of my practice at one time, uh, before I got tied down with a you know crazy Republican, uh, it was uh, true representing companies in attorney general investigations throughout the country. Uh, so uh, we had one, for example, involving uh, uh, end terminals uh, uh, on highways. Uh, if you go down the highways of uh, Virginia, you will see uh, various end terminals with the uh, horizontal, or excuse me, uh, yeah, horizontal or diagonal, rather, uh, black and red, uh, black and yellow stripes. Uh, those were, if there's uh, a square, that's done by a competitor of my client. If it is a rectangular uh, end terminal, that's my client. So, wow. Would you, <laughs> would you, what, that means, um, but what'd that have to do with Bo Biden? Uh, well, we convinced Bo and a number of attorneys general that uh, uh, there was nothing to investigate. Would you represent Hunter scandal. in this situation? I'd be happy to. Really? I, we, we represent anybody. Just about. Uh, if the money's right, you know, like I said, I can't be bought, but I can well, be rented. Well, so no, we, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. So, Tony, if you knew Joe Biden, did you know Corn Pop, uh, the gangster that tried to intimidate Joe Biden when he was a lifeguard at a community swimming pool in Delaware? I did and he, not. And he threatened Joe Biden and Jordan, Joe Biden gave Corn Pop the business. Uh, don't not familiar not. about that? No? Okay. It's one of the many stories he tells, you know. Uh-huh. Like I remember. Well, what, Joe also said he was number two in his class in uh, law school at Syracuse. Right, right. The one where he plagiarized. Were you there? Were you his lawyer in the plagiarism case? I was not. Were I you, never represented Joe Biden. Were you there um, when his kitchen caught on fire and he almost lost his cat in his Corvette? I wasn't present, but I certainly was alive. Okay. Okay. That's a shady answer, You know, my bar number is uh, slightly higher than uh, my birth certificate number. Which is four. (laughs) Hey, so So, we we kind of skated over the fact that, hey, former attorney general, I just want to know. I just found out that he knows Joe Biden. Yeah. I mean, you could have told me that. Well, pipe down for a second, Senator. Well, we I want to, to know, about. like, at the time in which that you ran for and were elected uh, as attorney general, what was going on in your life at that time? Were you in private practice and did that? What, what were the details surrounding you eventually becoming attorney general of Virginia? Well, I'll give you the uh, brief history. Yep. I'll be back in 10 minutes. It's going to take a <laughs> while. So uh, <laughs> came from New England, applied to various schools. 
uh, came down to uh, Richmond Law, I was headed down to uh, Wake Forest, uh, who wanted to uh, meet with me. I arrived at the University of Richmond School of Law, T.C. Williams School of Law. They now have changed that name. Uh, and uh, met with then Dean Muse, Dean of uh, the Law School. He explained to me very coherently that uh, uh, I didn't have to go down to Wake Forest because when I got back home, there would be a letter from him uh, accepting me at the University of Richmond. Frankly, he thought I drove uh, far enough south. He called Wake Forest on my behalf and told them that uh, my meeting was canceled and that I would come to Richmond. And I did. And then uh, one of my first jobs uh, out of law school was as a young assistant attorney general. Uh, we started uh, uh, some guy named uh, was that Jerry Blyle. Reconstruction? Reconstruction, and some guy named Jerry Bliles and I started together in the uh, office of the Attorney General. Uh, I then uh, went on and left and uh, became uh, an associate with a law firm called Dickstein, Shapiro, and uh, Gallagher, which then soon became Colson and Shapiro. To Bob Shapiro? No, no, David Shapiro, but Colson. Uh, what happened to Gallagher? Did he go become some comedian? Well, when uh, Colson came uh, out guy? of the uh, Nixon White House. Chuck Colson. Uh, Chuck Colson. The firm became Colson and Shapiro. Chuck Colson and was then a part of the White Watergate conspiracy, wasn't he? He was. He did time. He did. All right, I'm moving off the sofa now. I'm moving back. Why? I, and why did the red dot on his eye? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'll, give, I'll give you a Chuck Colson story in a moment. But uh, uh, from there, uh, we started representing uh, Chuck Colson. I started my career in criminal law uh, because uh, Colson was, uh, uh, you know, indicted uh, part of Watergate. And then I was sitting there and some other guy walked into uh, the office who had a legal problem. Uh, his name was some guy named Spiro Agnew. Spiro Agnew. Uh, so we started representing Spiro Agnew. Spiro Agnew for Richard Nixon. And because uh, Spiro Former governor of Maryland was uh, the judge that was assigned. All Maryland judges uh, recused themselves or stepped aside. And a guy named Walter Hoffman federal judge out of Norfolk, who I had appeared before numerous times, got uh, appointed as the judge over Spiro Agnes case and uh, ended up representing uh, as a young associate Spiro Agnew. And he was charged with bribery, was he not? He was. And then uh, one of the things I had to do, uh, because uh, Elliot Richardson, uh, was the attorney general of the United States. Uh, he hated and despised and did not trust Spiro Agnew. Uh, Spiro Agnew hated, uh, despised, and did not trust Elliot Richardson. Uh, so the question was, uh, when the plea deal came about, where Agnew would plead no low, no contest, and resign his office, uh, the question by Agnew was, if I let you plead no low, how do I know you're going to resign? Mm. And Agnew said, well, 
if I resign, how do I know you'll let me plead no low? So that was resolved with uh, another associate and I hand delivering to some guy named Henry Kissinger, Secretary Henry Kissinger. of State, a letter of resignation. And then not having cell phones, we uh, called on a landline. Payphone? Uh, no, uh, Henry let us use the, the phone in his office. We called uh, uh, a phone in uh, Baltimore uh, Federal Court and said, uh, we have handed it over. Uh, do we have a deal? And uh, they went from there, and the rest is history. So that was a little interesting tidbit of my you know, So you didn't know prior to this podcast that Mr. Troy knew and was friendly with Joe Biden? No. <laughs> I mean, what kind of job? <laughs> or or law partners or work for Chuck Colson. <laughs> Who served time in the penitentiary for? And y'all are going tomorrow to federal court to work a case together. Yeah, I'm not going to pay so, attention. I'm just going to go and tell me another story about you know what. So Chuck, one time, when I was attorney general, called me because of course he loved politics. Uh, I was always asked whether you know he found religion just as yeah, he was indicted. In uh, the question was, uh, you know, was that fake or was that uh, put up? And, you know, my response always was, you know, I don't judge another man's religion. Uh, and, of course, long story short, uh, Chuck went on to form fellow prisonship. Mm -hmm. And that was expanded to every state in the United States and something like 53 countries. And he kept that up to his death. Yeah. Uh, but he called me and asked if I would speak to Gov then Governor Godwin to uh, get him uh, his rights restored. And I said, certainly. So before I could do it the next day, he called and said, don't do it. He said, because if I get a privilege like that, it's going to impact my ability to deal with uh, prisoners. They'll think I'm special. I don't want that. I appreciate your help. He might flip me to Democrat. Oh, my God. Seriously, to his standards and morals. When you when, when you said a moment ago, a show. talking about maybe going to Wake <laughs> Forest fake. and all that. Did you ever know a guy? I think he went to Wake Forest. He's um, dead and gone now. But a guy from Roanoke Rapids, Doc Murphy, an attorney. They didn't let me go down to Wake Forest. I know. I just the didn't Dean know if Dean Mew stopped me from going there. Yeah, it was, yeah. A, it was a guy in Roanoke Rapids named. But he's Doc asking Murphy. this, Tony, because back in the what fourteen hundreds, I mean, there were only like four or five attorneys in the whole planet. So we thought you. No, there were that. more than that. I was around six or seven. Tell us another interesting story about Joe Biden or somebody uh, else. Well, make us laugh. Somebody old else, man. maybe that you have <laughs> represented that that would be political, or that or that the listeners would know. Well, one uh, this isn't political, but I had a great case one time when uh, in federal court, uh, I represented a subcontractor who was accused of giving kickbacks in order to get federal contracts. And we were tried with the general contractor who uh, she was uh, accused of receiving kickbacks uh, to give out contracts. And we were tried together. And uh, my guy was acquitted of giving kickbacks. And the, the general contractor was convicted of receiving kickbacks. <laughs> Wow. In the same game. <laughs> How does that work? And I thought that was pretty good. <laughs> now, the, you know, the story behind that is uh, we were able to show that my guy, uh, when he uh, had a young daughter born, uh, the daughter 
did not have uh, when she was born uh, her trachea. Which Thank you, Tony Troy. Yeah. We're just seeing her on yep. the TV. Gas prices have hit a 2023 <laughs> all time. Year, high. Year well, for high. the year. Yeah. Way to go, Tony. Uh huh. Anyway, continue with your great liberal story. <laughs> so, anyway, gas prices aside, uh, he, he committed himself because a lot of his friends pitched in and uh, he got his daughter's surgery, saved her life. He said that. If he ever had a situation where others needed, he would always, you know, help out them. And we were able to show that he helped out numerous peoples with sad stories, including the general contractor who indicated she had a son that needed help. And, uh, and so he was giving all these kickbacks, quote unquote, uh, all this money to help her with her son. Turned out she didn't have a son. Uh, <laughs> spent all the money on cars, jewelry, and furs. Was she a Democrat? Uh, I think she might have been. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Tax and, and spend, uh, baby. And therefore, the uh, the government in that case uh, you know, was uh, able to uh, convince the jury that something was wrong. So is that the nice guy defense, I guess? You know, you felt sorry for the guy because he gave money for a son that didn't exist. And well, the jury understood that there was no intent to give a kickback. He was given money to mm -hmm. thinking that he was helping the, the woman's son. God, I'm going to cry over here. So speaking of women, what do you think about the um, Virginia <laughs> Democratic, going? <laughs> the Virginia Democratic delegate that's seeking Susanna election? Gibson. Susanna Gibson. What do you think of her? Um, kind of interesting political campaign tactics. Yeah, and Tony, specifically used. answer the question, as a Democrat, Tony, have you gotten behind her? <laughs> <laughs> if you take a look at these recent ad, we'll political ads... You. We'll see you in it. These political ads have her opening various doors, and uh, I uh, think she's going to win. You, really? really? Yeah. No, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. So you've been in politics a long time. I dare say we've seen certain things. I mean, I represented, uh, you know, Paula Jones against Bill Clinton. And, you know, we were talking about that even in the last episode, you know, I feel your pain, <laughs> you know, Monica I did not. <laughs> and, you know, and, and I bet you knew Bill Clinton, didn't you? He was attorney general of Arkansas <laughs> <laughs> when I was attorney general of Virginia. Oh, you're kidding me. All right. No. So get back to the Virginia Dallas. In 1977 to 1979, right. Bill Clinton was attorney general of Arkansas. Hey, this and and y'all hung out? Remind me yeah. to read your f***ing resume before. He, he hung out. You hung out with Bill Clinton? Oh, yeah. Oh, there's got to be some great stories. There. And then you kicked his ass. Yeah. Well, that was when he was president in 94. What were you doing in 1994? Retiring. 94? <laughs> oh, I started drawing Social Security in 94. 94? I yeah. was uh, practicing law with the law firm of Mays Valentine. Oh, okay. You're in the big firm. But So, wait a minute. So, um, Susanna Joe Gibson. Joe Biden. Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton. Susanna Gibson. Susanna Gibson. If he says Obama, I'm outside. Okay, you guys finish this <laughs> All up. Right. So, what do you think is going to happen with well, Susanna Gibson? Now, you know what happened to her, right? She's going to be elected. You think she's going to... But you don't Why? think the Democrats would encourage her, look, this we can't. She's on the ballot. There's no and, and well, early voting. She is on start. the ballot already. Yeah, she's right. on so the ballot. Run and with. Bill's favorite senator, favorite senator of all forty, Louise Lucas. <laughs> no, that's Hermes. Hermes. That's Hermes. 
Hermie loves Louise Lucas. Well, I mean, I mean, I like Louise a lot, and and we have actually did, represented her. You that I, kind but. of dialogue is the reason I lost my campaign. <laughs> uh, Louise Lucas is a client of the Stanley Law Group. Yes. <laughs> All right. Can we start over? So do you? Did so you, know, you did think you know this, that? I did not know that. Did, did you, know, did you that? know that? No, I did not know that. So you represented her too. First fees for the Stanley Law Group when uh, I joined was that that came Lucas? from Louise Lucas. I just saw the Bill, you and L. I will have to have a long. I, talk. I just saw L. L. Lucas. I, I didn't. I thought it was a business. I didn't know it was a senator. <laughs> you thought, thought it was an LLC, a, didn't you? He thought it was an LLC. L. L. Lucas. And what, you may have said it, but I, what will you represent? Well, for what you can say, what was that in regards to that matter? With Louise Lucas, yeah, <laughs> she, uh, she she wasn't raising campaign no, money like she Susanna was sued, wasn't she? By uh, Tim, a guy who became a delegate, uh, Tim Anderson. Tim yeah, yeah, Anderson. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was sued in circuit court, and she called you. Re- yeah, remove her from the ballot. Yeah, and um, for certain conduct, mm-hmm. and under and then the there Constitution was a defamation claim of too, Virginia. Right? And then there was a defamation claim. Yeah, and under the, um, well, we did not represent her on that, no. but uh, under the we, Constitution. You know what he said? We. 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 we, we, we. we. But I mean, what we he's represented over there, all right? We, we. What we. we, we, we. Under the Constitution you got a mouse of Virginia. in your pocket, buddy? <laughs> did you deposit the check? Obviously, I did. Um, so that's why it's a we. Damn it. I need to be so what, careful. So what, y'all, you and Bill represented y'all. her in... <laughs> That's correct. Yeah. Okay. The Stanley Law Group. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. This is when I wish his name was on the door. Uh, well, wait a minute. Okay. So, <laughs> we are so under this the Constitution the of Virginia. Yeah. Uh, oh, and is, this, uh, is that Louise calling? <laughs> Louise, hold on. <laughs> Sorry, I can't talk. <laughs> yes, Each, I've already given The Senate is the Gibson. only one that judges the conduct of their members for removal. Yeah. And therefore, the uh, circuit court had no jurisdiction, and the judge in that case uh, quickly agreed. And, and, and I like Tim yeah. Anderson, but I can't believe he was wrong. Wait a minute. Something. Question yeah. about yeah. that. Yeah. It's usually so. so once you're elected to Virginia Congress, is that what you just said? Once you're elected, what to Virginia Congress? Virginia Congress. I mean, the General Assembly. <laughs> you know what I meant. <laughs> that the General Assembly is the only one that can remove a fellow member from the General Assembly. Basically correct, yes. So it's not like at local where they can get a petition with 10% of your... That's what Tim Anderson tried to do. He got a petition with 10%. And the circuit court threw it out. In his fa- circuit court threw it out. Because uh, under the Constitution, each house shall be the sole judge of its conduct. Of its members. Of its mm-hmm. members. Yeah. So what other high-profile Democrats did no, y'all... On, that's not right not either. Finished up here. Wait a minute. Yeah, that's now, not right. It is right. That's the Constitution the, that you yeah. live by. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, but I understand. But people, so when, all the other elected Tony officials. Tony was in grade school. Our founding fathers determined that was the proper way to handle So all the other the elected bodies. officials fall under that rule. That about removal by petition? Yes. Yeah. The constituents can remove you from office. But once you get to the big leagues, then only your teammates can remove you from office. Basically. That would be an analogy. That would be uh, a, a that would be a good description, but that's describing the Constitution of the Commonwealth of Virginia, which was well, written by James Madison. What well, a Republicans the don't care anything about that anyway. Hermie and I proved that last week when we read the 
Virginia Constitution the and, and the oath and the oath is very important. Matter. And and if you haven't listened to our uh, broadcast last week, it's really really good. We talk about Susanna Gibson. We talk about my client uh, Scott Smith, and I'll tell you guys the order was entered, so the case is done. And and Buddha Bibberai, the uh, Commonwealth Attorney, backed by your boy Soros, there, Tony, uh, is having a fit. <laughs> says it couldn't happen under our Constitution because he wasn't convicted when he appealed his uh, conviction from General District Court. We do it de novo. Uh, we start anew, so that's not a conviction. Um, the order's in, so he's he's been discharged and found not guilty. Wait a minute, I had asked a legitimate part. question, but what other high-profile Democrats did y'all, the Stanley Law Group, so represent? Wait, wait, let's get back to Susanna Gibson. <laughs> <laughs> he don't want you to answer that. No, no, no. Well, well, no, we can we can answer that question because there's there's actually a really good one, and we have some really good stories about that. We could talk for hours on that. But so so Troy, would you admit? that what happened to Miss Gibson, Miss Gibson is claiming as a Democrat, which they want to do all the time as liberals, that she is a victim Vic- of revenge porn. And this is an invasion of her privacy and she will not be, be overridden by those Republicans. Not be what? Goonie politics. She will not be what? Over what? Over, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I get it, Tony. So, so you're a lawyer. Does she have a case? Is well, she suffering from revenge porn? Question, and under my the answer is: law. I look at the law. I haven't studied the law. I don't care about the politics. If revenge, if there's a statute about uh, revenge porn, then let's see if it applies. If it does, <laughs> okay, it does. we have a revenge porn statute in the Commonwealth of Virginia, it and well, it requires malicious it. acts that you maliciously do this. But what we have here is a candidate for office. That voluntarily, I, I've put, already said I think she's going to win. I don't know what more. I understand, but she's you claiming allegedly. Is, allegedly, wait a minute. Allegedly. Wait a minute this allegedly. is about judgment, really. This is somebody who wants to one represent people in Henrico County, and you want people that are going to be that have good judgment and to understand the law. But she's claiming that somehow by her putting her own self voluntarily out on chatterbait, is that what it was? Chatterbait that I filming live. Virginia. With her husband doing sex acts that's accessible by anybody on the internet. And we found out that they didn't have the filter, age verification filter that my law required, that somehow that's an invasion of our privacy. Is What's your take on that, Tony? What say you, liberal? Are you, are you concerned because you passed a statute banning porn and she got through it's your not filter? The, you liberals think I passed banning porn. It was just to make sure we verified that adults... <laughs> We're, you know, seeing this stuff and not children. And actually this website, well, we, we from what can't. we understood, allows you on there. Actually, a, a reporter from the Associated Press told me that my filter's not on it. But the question is, we, Tony, we, and you're we avoiding can't the question. down this road because, as you know, they, they're, there's constitutional law, there's statutory law, there's common law, and there's something called administrative law, administrative practice. And uh, I've already asked Bill if... Uh, you know, when the nursing board is going to remove this woman's license as a nurse practitioner, do you want to represent her? And he said, for the money, we would. Well, I was going to ask you, I was going to ask you, would you offer your services to represent her in this case? Uh, we've represented a lot of interesting people throughout the well, and And would you take careers. tokens uh, as payment, I guess, is what you're asking. But no, Tony, I mean, here, don't you think... Look, if you put something out voluntarily on the this internet, this has been very educational this, for me. But if you put something it. out on the well, internet voluntarily, years how can you claim that you're a victim and and subject of revenge porn? 
of someone who revenge porn in the law says basically I possess uh, a naked pornography of uh, of Shep that either I got without his consent, I hid something in the in the you know closet, or uh, I taped it and he didn't think I was going to release it, and I put it out there because I have malice in my heart and I really want to do him in, so I make it public. That's that's revenge porn. So She's claiming an investigation by the FBI right now to find out who's done this. She did it. Now, Tony, do you think that's good judgment? For somebody who wants to be someone who writes the laws, votes on potential laws and or repeal of laws. Don't you believe that the constituents have to make that decision? I do, but I'm asking your and opinion. And then each house shall be the judge of the conduct of its members. I do. So it's going to go it. to the House of Delegates. So today, so today she releases on um, in the Richmond Times-Dispatch an op-ed on prescription drug prices, how we need to bring them down. And of course... I'm sponsoring, uh, I have signed on to sponsor and, and push a bill that would create a drugs, uh, prescription drug board and commission here in Virginia that would keep and try to keep prices lower, um, negotiate prices with Big Pharma if we, if we had that power and ability. Well, if she wins, y'all could work together on this. Well, I, I do believe that my wife will not allow this bill. I, I guess I'm going to have to find somebody else to carry it if she's elected. Hi, folks. This is Hermie Sadler. Thanks for listening to our all-new podcast, Leaning Right and Turning Left with Sadler and the Senator. I hope you are enjoying the show as much as Senator Stanley and I enjoy bringing it to you. Whether you're a family traveling together or a truck driver hauling freight up and down the highway, I hope you will take the time to visit one of our Sadler Travel Plaza locations in Virginia and North Carolina. Sadler Travel Plaza locations are licensed dealer locations for pilot travel centers. And we also carry Shell Motiva petroleum products for our four-wheel friends. We pride ourselves on providing one-stop shopping for service, food, and entertainment. Our food options include Five Guys Burgers and Fries, Quiznos, Dairy Queen, Hermie Sadler's Faux Show Bar and Grill, Victory Lane Restaurant, Hunt Brothers Pizza, Dunkin' Donuts, and much, much more. Our locations include Sadler Travel Plaza in South Hill, located off I-85 at exit 12. The Sadler Travel Plaza of Emporia, which is conveniently located on exit 11B off I-95. And Sadler Travel Plaza on Highway 58 in Suffolk. We also have our North Carolina location, Sadler Travel Plaza in Dunn, North Carolina. That's exit 75 off I-95. We appreciate all of our customers. And Bill and I appreciate you listening to Leaning Right and Turning Left with Sadler and the Senator, powered by Pacematic. Hey, this is Bill Stanley, Hermie Sadler's sidekick on this podcast. When I'm not in Richmond at the Capitol or doing this podcast, my real job for the past 27 years is as a trial attorney with the Stanley Law Group. Here at the Stanley Law Group, we represent our clients in every courthouse in the Commonwealth. No problem is too small for us to solve. No case is too big for us to win. Whether it's criminal charges, traffic offenses, civil disputes, litigation matters of any sort, we handle it all. We make sure that we treat every client like family because they are 
are to us. Your problem is our problem. Your success is our success because we hate to lose more than we love to win. And believe me, we win a lot. Don't believe me? Go ask Hermie. I'm his favorite lawyer, and he hates lawyers. So give us a call at 540-721-6028 and let us help you. Or visit our website at www.vastanleylawgroup.com. That's www.vastanleylawgroup.com. At the Stanley Law Group, we'll make sure we're the lawyers that you swear by and not at. We've talked about Uncle George, right? Your Uncle George. My Uncle George. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, So uh, part of my other career is I used to play uh, with uh, Arthur Fiedler and the Boston uh, Pops. Pops. Really? Yes. Mm-hmm. What instrument? Cannon. <laughs> in D? Cannon in D? So, <laughs> Cannon in boom. So Uncle George, my great uncle, was uh, one of uh, six uh, siblings. Uh, my grandmother came over to this country and worked and uh, sent money to bring every one of her siblings over here. Uncle George was the youngest. Uh, He came here, and uh, he and his brother started uh, in the tire business in uh, the late 40s. Not a good time to be in the tire and rubber business with World War II. So he bought uh, a resort in Lenox, Massachusetts. And he loved the South. And among the other people, the Tanglewood Music Barn in Lenox, Arthur Fiedler would play uh, there with the Boston Pops. He would visit Uncle George's place called Eastover. We had uh, about 110 uh, guys and gals from the South working there in the summer. We'd have about 500 guests per week. And uh, we would, uh, for the Arthur Fiedler, the, uh, uh, the uh, help me here, Bill, with the. Uh, Austin Pops? No, the. Uh, Fourth of July? Uh, the. Uh, what is this song that, that he would always play with the cannon in the background? A uh, cannon in D minor? Yeah. What is that? What is that called? The last uh, song you hummed on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, led to more childhood revelations. The, uh, that was uh, Spice Channel. You ever watched Spice Channel? No. Was that the uh, 1812 Overture or the. Uh... There's some overtures. So, anyway. Uh, Uncle George loved the South and had all these Southern cannons that were used. And we would bring them to Tanglewood. And uh, during uh, uh, the uh, playing at the end there of uh, the uh, the overture, the uh, Uncle George always played first cannon. So it's called Pachelbel Cannon in D. No. There you go, Shep. Thank you. So Fiedler's Sinfonetta, 1940. 1812 Overture, right? Okay. 
anyway, I got to one time play six cannon. Uh, you know, I could uh, pull the lanyard and shoot the cannon I just want to off. Go on let everybody know that I haven't the slightest clue what we're talking about. You'll know the song once you hear it. Mr. Troy's playing that song? Yeah, this is in the Uncle George's front yard. We would... The cannon... This has a lot of cannon in it. So, um... So is this what you're playing? I don't know. We played the cannon. You've heard that part. Wasn't that in the movie Stripes? Yes, it was in the Bill Murray movie Stripes. Just trying to get to the cannon. And All the right, last anyway. one I'll give you with Uncle George. Uh, uh, he loved the South. And uh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Are you playing in the original recording of this song? <laughs> the the cannon. Yeah. We 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 shot the cannon off in the background. I mean, in the original recording. No, no. Okay. No, this was a feeler comeback, and he would play every year. Gotcha. Uh, for the Tanglewood audience. So. <laughs> The last one I'll give you because I thought Uncle George was good, but this isn't going as well as I thought. <laughs> it goes great at the uh, Blue yeah, I want to get special. back to the Stanley Law Group, a liberal organization. I mean, do you so to show you how liberal I am, uh, Uncle George, every, uh, like I said, we have about 500 single guests every week. And on Sundays on the South Lawn, you go through this mansion and out on the south lawn, there'd be a koi pond that would be uh, larger than this room uh, with all the koi in it. And the south lawn would be set up for a buffet with your ice sculpture, all that, and all the guests go through. And marching picket duty around the koi pond would be two guys in Confederate uniforms like at the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. And they would do the picket duty uh, back and forth. Suddenly, when everybody finished through the buffet and are all seated, one of the pickets would scream mortally wounded and shoot his gun off, scaring the bejeebers out of all the guests. And at the sound of the gun, Uncle George on his Palomino stallion with sword drawn would come rushing out of the wooded area, followed by 15 of us in Confederate uniforms, shooting our guns, and we would grab a waiter in a white coat, and we would rip that white coat off, and what do you think we found under that white coat? A Yankee. And we would put him in front of that koi pond. We would have a firing squad. And we would shoot the son of a What in the hell? <laughs> with all the guns going off and all the people trying to eat. This is New England? And the guy who did it was on the Maryland swim team. And he could do a dead man's float for two minutes easily. And they thought you'd killed him. We did. All these young people would come. <laughs> and they would say, what happened? And they would think that we shot him. That was every Sunday. Every Sunday. Every Sunday. In what state? In Lenox, Massachusetts. Massachusetts. 
And they say we're crazy down here, huh? So, so you knew right then and there, probably as a youth, that you're going to the University of Richmond Law School and, and becoming the Attorney General for the capital of the Confederacy someday. There you go. Uncle I mean, George this has been a uh, portrayed uh, <laughs> in the reenactment of the first battle of Bull Run or first battle of Manassas. Uncle George portrayed Stonewall. Your uncle. My uncle. My great uncle. Can you imagine him saying in that Massachusetts, like, George, <laughs> I'm your cousin from Boston. You know, and this is a hey, thank you for getting that off of Louise Lucas being our client. That, that was awesome. Uh, You're digress. welcome. He and, hadn't answered the question yet. But it also demonstrates, <laughs> you know, my liberal leanings of portraying Confederate soldiers. Yeah, yeah. You are. So you think Susanna Gibson, Susanna Gibson is going to win? Is that with my Confederate hat on or my legal hat? <laughs> what would Uncle George say? Uncle George? Yeah. I'm not sure what Uncle George would say. One of the other, obviously. Uncle George would make that the entertainment of every Sunday at his buffet. Y'all have many differences. One of which, the most obvious, is Bill never wants to have a strand of hair out of place. Never. And Mr. Troy seems to not give a sh He looks like the professor in <laughs> Back to the Future right now. So the answer to your question, <laughs> oh, he did a Mr. Over. Sadler, <laughs> is uh, the, the one that we did was uh, Senator Willard Moody, yeah, uh, along with Senator Johnny Juano. Uh, they were uh, indicted uh, in federal court uh, for wire fraud. Was this before you got to Bill's law firm? Before. Yeah, yeah this is not a Stanley Law Group one. Do the jurors mm -hmm. just say not guilty so he can just quit talking? Oh, yeah. He just bores them. <laughs> Uncle, he George, right Uncle on George is a fan favorite in criminal cases that have gone on too long. <laughs> yeah. so he just lulls them right on to sleep, doesn't he? I oh, know. He's in the hell with it. Compelling. Compelling. He's compelling. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He can't so, answer the question yet. Well, that just like I'm a answering, Democrat. Hermes' question was what other political cases have you? Yeah. Yeah. Have you done yeah. Johnny Joano and mm -hmm. Willard Moody? We represented uh, uh, Willard Moody, my then law partner, a guy named Jim Roberts, and I represented uh, Willard Moody. Uh, he was uh, owned a, a Pontiac dealership uh, down in Portsmouth. And uh, if you had a speeding ticket, you would take uh, your car to this Pontiac dealership and they would do. Uh, a, uh, what is it called? A odometer? Calibration. 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 Uh, what type of machine do you have to have to do the calibration? It's a certain type of machine, right? A calibrator. Yeah, you put the car <laughs> up and then you run, the re run it like on a, like a dyno and it runs the rear tires versus what it says on a speedometer. And uh, so uh, the Pontiac dealership would make sure they had the ticket, understand how many miles per hour you were charged, mm -hmm. and then they would do uh, the test and give you a, a report back. And uh, if you were doing 15 miles over, the report would show that your uh, speedometer was about 15 miles off. Yeah. I had a buddy of mine, and I won't say exactly where, but in another part of Virginia that would could provide such documentation for my vehicles over the year. And wouldn't you know it? I never had to cover my vehicle up there. <laughs> well, the problem that we had with this one is that the Pontiac dealership did not have a calibrator. Oh, it didn't? Yeah. Maybe uh, you need to take it there now since your uh, visits to... Uh, this is my last... Ticket. To, wait, get no, wait. To, to get back that, on point. Wait a minute. 
There's another great case point. he and I actually tried together of a famous politician, Democrat politician. Guy named Joe Morrissey. Yeah. Oh, hell. Yeah. Well, fact, I want to talk about Joe Morrissey, but Bill asked early and you, you kind of ignored it, uh, Mr. Troy. I'd like to know more about any friendships, acquaintances, or interactions with uh, Barack or Michelle Obama. Oh, God, I don't want to hear the answer to this. You know, I should have asked these questions. I feel like a dumbass. I met Barack Obama. This is the best. I can't wait for your friends in the General Assembly to hear this podcast. When, when he was a state senator. Holy cow. And uh, was he born in Hawaii? State of uh, Illinois. Great. Down in Springfield. And, uh, Where Lincoln was born. Yeah. And uh, we were uh, lobbying down there on the uh, tobacco settlement. Uh, for, the NSA. Uh, well, I represented the Tobacco Institute for years. And then. Right. Weren't you known in Virginia as the, lo the vice lobbyist, the lobbyist of vice? What did they call you? What was the nickname Jeff Shapiro gave you? Well, the minister of vice was the. Appalachian, the apple. But that's because people forget. I represented. Don't get off point. You see, no, tobacco. No, no, get off point. Get off. You point. met Barack Obama and y'all <laughs> had dinner we'll get back there. But okay. I represented tobacco. You're the god. Wine or something. Riverboat gaming and Jerry Falwell. <laughs> All at the combo. same time. At the same time. And right. that's how we got minister. So you and Barack Obama okay. went on a cruise together. When was it? No, no. Yeah. We were just talking to Rolled a number a of state senators <laughs> on the, on about the how bug. unfair <laughs> the um, master tobacco settlement was to small, independent tobacco manufacturers. Is Hawaii on his birth certificate? I have never seen his birth certificate. <laughs> That's, I don't believe that. <laughs> but you Trump even said it was. <laughs> uh -huh. What a fascinating episode. Uh, it's, it's, it can only get better because um, it can't get any worse because um, I'm finding out all this stuff about my partner I didn't really know. So do I dare? I mean, Wait, did he fill out he, a job application? No, no, no. no. We, <laughs> you know, I, so this was just was a drinking come on. back then. So we have other stories, but I won't bore you with them. No, no, I'd love them. I, no. Keep going. Anything I'll be outside, that, but keep anything going. that involves a potential person or a political adversary of Senator Stanley that he w doesn't know about yet, I think is great. <laughs> uh, so this was uh, one of the things I'm trying to teach him to do. Uh, when the master settlement agreement uh, came in, uh, the Tobacco Institute was abolished, and all our uh, all the lobbyists were terminated, including me. There was no tobacco institute to represent anymore. And uh, the various tobacco companies would hire some people. So with all the knowledge we had with tobacco, uh, this other guy and I were sitting around and saying, what are we going to do with it? So we formed our own client. Ooh. We created uh, uh, SIPMA, the Council for Independent Tobacco Manufacturers of America. Who was on that? Nobody. We got no. It was all these small independent uh, tobacco manufacturers throughout the uh, Virginia and elsewhere, and uh, so uh, they had to pay uh, an amount of money equal to uh, the 
payments that the major companies were making uh, as a tax for 25 years. And, uh, but because, for example, one of our clients only distributed throughout the South and not everywhere, uh, we were able to uh, pull off uh, a situation where uh, we would only pay uh, out of 50 states, uh, we would pay for 10 because that's all we operated in. Why should we pay for 40 that we didn't do business in? Right. And uh, the tobacco companies didn't like that, so they started to change the master tobacco settlement state by state. And we went state by state one year to every capital in the United States, including Springfield, Illinois, trying to uh, push back on the changes that were being advocated. Good good work. Very interesting. Bill, are you still with us? And, and, and that's where you met Barack Obama. That's where I met Barack, State Senator Barack Obama. Now, in y'all's morning walks and whatnot, did y'all uh, have <laughs> meaningful dialogue? And, and what kind of person do you think he was back then? Tony? They didn't get to know him There's that a lot well. of things we need to talk about. I mean, are y'all still Obama sending Obama each other Christmas someday? cards and stuff? No. I'm sure you are. Oh. So, I mean, were you involved in his campaign? I was not. I was okay. just lobbying the guy one time. But this was after you were attorney general, of course, for the this was Virginia. after this was in your private practice. Correct. Okay. Is there uh, so he knows let's go through the list. He knows Joe Biden and here see this is one thing you have to always put up with, Tony. Is his phone's on major high volume and it rings in the middle of it and he answers the phone. Yeah, there he goes. There he goes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yeah this is my life this is what i've come to <laughs> that was this perfect is, yeah the other thing that he'll do a lot and and that phone will ring and he'll be sitting there and you're having a conversation we're getting ready for something come on uh, yes is this miss trunk yes uh mr Choi. yes we've just noticed that your mercedes warranty is about to expire oh yeah yes would you like to extend your warranty what do I get for it? He will engage in their conversations. I mean, the guy's trying to sell gutters. He's like, how do you know whether it even rains at my house? And he will engage these people you for hours. It. His phone rang and he answered <laughs> right in the middle. Well, I'm sorry. That was my wife. I had to. Oh, answer. well, you got to answer that one. Then. Yeah, absolutely. No, excuse no but he would have answered it no matter who it was. Speaking of warranty, uh, Mr. Troy told us earlier that he carried his Mercedes his old Mercedes. His old Mercedes to get Came some down. work done to it. And spark plugs, and they wanted you on to fix the seat. That's yes. what my wife said. And yeah. they right. broke it. And they broke his seat when they were cleaning his car. They they washed the dealership it. broke they, it. The car washer. Can you prove that? Yes. Car wash admits that it. He admits it. He admits. So, so the reason you were telling me was like, we're going to now sue the car wash? Well, no, I was just wondering if you ever had any experience with a car wash you know, well, usually, busting up a vehicle. Usually they have a sign out front that says, you know, we're not responsible for any breakage or anything that happens to your vehicle. You assume you, you assume the risk. I mean, when you walk in or drive into the into the auto wash. I would understand if I drive my car into a car wash and something happens. I, uh, But this but is where the guys get it. inside and start moving stuff around to... Uh, vacuum and clean i didn't know if that would change the idea 
So I think we're finding that the Stanley Law Group and his partnership with it. Y'all are equal um, opportunity. Yeah, I we, did not know that. We, Maybe one of our Barack- biggest clients turns out to be Tony, actually, because, you know, Tony um, has a very funny story. He he lives in Chesterfield, and we'll, we'll get to his place in Wintergreen, but he lives in Chesterfield, and I guess your wife, your beautiful wife, Shelly, uh, wanted a pool. Oh, we don't talk about that. We don't talk about pickleball because that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do you have a non-disclosure? Oh, yeah, we have an NDA. Oh, really? Uh, so you yeah. can't talk about your pool debacle? Uh, that's an NDA. Well, let's just say he doesn't have a pool. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's how we wrap that up. Next really? subject. <laughs> well, you didn't talk about it. I did. And then his Maybe. wife wants a pickleball court, but the yard has got like, what, a 25 degree slope to it? Uh, like I said, next subject. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, we can know. Oh, we can. So maybe Barack subjects. will represent you in the car wash suit. Is he still practicing? I'm asking you. No, <laughs> you should I know. know. Y'all talk I three know. times a week. Well, let's see. Hillary was disbarred. I think he was disbarred too, wasn't he? No. He wasn't? No. Okay. Well, so, so y'all are that close. I did not know Hillary was disbarred. Yeah, she got disbarred. She you got sure? disbarred over the Whitewater stuff, and so did Bill. Yeah. My my. He wants to contest you over that. Yeah. So how did Bill, you know Bill Clinton? Bill, like I said, he was attorney general of Arkansas. But did you meet him? Oh, yes. We were in meetings together. We See? Had drinks together. See? Had drinks together. Did that, you share a porterhouse together? Yeah, and no. then what happened? No, come no on, but he Tony. was attorney general of, look it up, Arkansas, 1977, hey, 79. Hey, Tony, let's go over to the Excelsior. Let's go check out some big-haired women. <laughs> Bill Clinton, Attorney General of Arkansas. And so you had drinks together. Uh, we did. Okay. And that's all you're willing to say. That's all did that you, happened. That's did you campaign for him? I, I did not. But you would have supported him. Yes. Did you vote for him? I presume I did. <laughs> have you ever voted for a Republican? Oh, yes. Really? Mm-hmm. Who's still alive? No. so you didn't vote for trump he loves trump he loves donald john mccain is dead right john mccain has passed on yes so that would be okay john mccain did you meet uh teddy kennedy well why don't you ask (laughs) because oh my god he's in lennox massachusetts i mentioned uncle george's uh, resort you did need and Teddy was there one time and demanded that the indoor pool be open just for him late at night. Really? And Uncle George uh, called me and said, Tony, I want you to open the pool for this guy. And I did. <laughs> for Teddy Kennedy. For Teddy Kennedy. So now the other time Uncle George called me late at night, uh, Uncle George would disappear for time on and then... He would call and say, go down to uh, the depot. Uh, I bought another buffalo. Or this time I bought some longhorn steers, huge steers with longhorns. I mean, real longhorns. And we would send this guy from Alabama in and say, give him a cloth and a bunch of shoe polish. And say, you get over the fence, Uncle George wants those horns polished. <laughs> and that boy would climb the fence and get into the field with the longhorn. And that longhorn would start rocking its neck back and forth and its hoofs in the ground. And this guy would be approaching it with 
this cloth until we had to scream for the boy. But one day <laughs> at night, somebody let the longhorns out. And we got a call around 11 o'clock in the evening from the chief of police of Lenox, Massachusetts, that our longhorns on Labor Day weekend were down in the middle of the green causing traffic jams. Mm. Uncle George said, Tony, get the boys, get some horses, get a truck with some wood. We're going to build a fence on the green. <laughs> Trap those longhorns. Hey, Tony, have you ever polished a horn before? No, I've, no I, I ask people to polish the horn. Hey, can I ask a, a somewhat serious question? <laughs> sure, so, give it a shot. Mr. Troy, a couple of weeks ago on the podcast, Bill and Shep and I, as Republicans, gave our prediction as to next November, who would be on the ballot on the Republican side. I, and we got on record with that. I think I was, I thought it would be DeSantis and Nikki Haley. And anyway, we made our prediction. So on the other side of the aisle, um, looking forward to November, 2024, who do you think will be on the ballot for the, for the Democrats, president and vice president? I'm, Presuming Biden and Harris. You don't think there'll be any change? Mm -mm, no. Will you do you be think Biden can do four more years of this? When you see him on TV and his gaffes and his what seems to be challenging, and I'm trying to be respectful, uh, mental and physical abilities right now, do you think he can do this another four years? You would feel comfortable with that. He's done a good job so far. What? <laughs> the economy's the, the economy's what? improving. What? Uh, the, uh, the economy's booming. Improving. Oh, oh, improving. Well, the have you seen the interest rates? Down. Have you seen the interest rates lately? They're coming down finally. Oh my god! Interest rates coming down. Hey, remember like three years ago when they were like really low? I do. Wait when they minute. were really down. And how about them gas so prices when they we were really down? We just saw on the TV a few minutes ago that in Virginia, it's the highest gas prices for 2023. Already? And crude oil is in the 90s a it's, barrel right It's going to top 100 bucks a yeah. barrel. When it tops 100, when that tops 100 and the feds up the rates, that is complete inflation and disaster. Bam. And you're telling me Bidenomics that we're all better because of Bidenomics. I'm saying he can do another four years. <laughs> because you said he did a good job. He's going to get reelected. And you're going to put Trump up there. How is Trump going to run with four indictments that he's facing? You, the king of the criminal defense attorneys? I mean, really? You, you don't think a man's presumed innocent before he's found? Oh, I do, but I think tried? he's going to have to be sitting his little well, air in, in a saying, courtroom for so, a while. So, Tony, you think, and I, I must but be way Trump. overpaying this month, mother. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I think he said we can go inflation. He's done a good job so far. Yeah. So, you think the economy's great? I think it can get better, it has to get better. Okay, so four years ago, you didn't think it was really great? Four years ago? Five years ago, yeah. Oh, that's before inflation started kicking in. So wasn't it great? Oh, uh, not, you know, it caused inflation. Low inflation. Inflation. People making money. Anyway. No, I mean, so. 
I hope. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. So, no. So, you thought during Trump's four years, the economy sucked. And right now, this is awesome with Biden. I never said that. You said everything was great. He's done a great job. I said he's doing a good job. Got a lot more work to do. Another four years, I'll get it done. Get what done? Like, put us under completely? No, I try to have... I mean, the cost of goods. You know what a grocery store is, right, Tony? You know, where you I, go I don't. Food My wife and you, reports to me <laughs> on that. <laughs> you know those costs are like 20%, right? Do you shop at grocery stores? Yeah, absolutely. I shopped oh. for your dinner today. Um, yeah, he I, was shop, I do a lot of stuff. Of, we uh, split it. My wife shopped buying that beef. He couldn't afford it. At <clears throat> yeah, and the price of beef's gone up. I mean, the price of gas gone up. The price of the cost of living's gone up. Uh, inflation's not matching increase in, in wages. Uh, you know, we're having kids well, that, that aren't I'm learning what they're to supposed to learn. Raise your hourly rate, too. Do you believe in transing children? That, that children can, uh, that we should be affirming an eight year old's decision uh, that that day they decide if they're a, a biologically a boy that they want to be a girl, that we need to allow them, uh, without any uh, government interference or parental interference, to order up the puberty blockers and get their genitals uh, rearranged. Is that something you find acceptable in this Biden world? I don't think Biden's in favor of that. Yes, he is. You're sure? Absolutely. Absolutely. You wouldn't lie to me. No, I'm, I'm your law partner. Well, yeah, <laughs> at, least, I, at least for now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'd lie to you. Sure. I mean, but that's, I'm not doing it here. How's that? Okay. Tony going to yeah. be in Emporia tomorrow while you're in court. I mean, don't you, don't you believe that, that parents should have, you know, a, not only a say, but the primacy in determining, you know, their children as they grow up and they learn about those kind of things and find out who they are as young people? I mean, Tony, I'll give you an example. When I was four and we lived in Maine, I completely believed I was a lobster. Okay. I, I clenched believe my, what? I believed I was a lobster. So, and my mom has pictures, Polaroid pictures of it. I'd have, I'd make the lobster claws with my hands and I was crossing my eyes. Cause I guess I thought that's what lobsters did. I am very glad that my mother did not boil a pot of water and put me in it. Now <laughs> that isn't that similar to what, you know, if your kid decides at age six or eight, I'm a girl when they're biologically a boy. Do you think that parents or that the government can, can make those decisions for parents or override parents if they disagree with their children's decisions? I think the parents need to gain, get some medical attention and be guided by the uh, practices of medicine. What does that mean? Are you talking about getting the them mental health? The government doesn't have a, a role here. Okay. It's for the parents and their doctors and sane parents ought to get help and not try to guide their child by themselves. Do you think, though, that perhaps no physical change like puberty blockers or gender transitioning surgery should occur to anybody under the age of 18? That that should be an adult decision? Well, I haven't studied that enough. That's a great answer. We're going to move on from here. <laughs> you want to go back to Susanna Gibson? Let's have some more Uncle George stories. I mean, yeah, I mean, it just, I mean, I cannot believe you think that everything is okay with our economy and what Joe Biden is doing in the world today. 
What about Uncle George? <laughs> I mean, He's damn. perfectly happy paying $3,000 to get his seat fixed. No <laughs> yeah, no. I am not. <laughs> Don't you think I under need, a, a, a Donald Trump economy that, that seat cost about maybe 900 bucks? I need Bill to sue this car wash for me. See, I, I knew that was coming. I would love to set in on their next uh, board of directors meeting. <laughs> Dude, come to the federal court. We're going to be sitting there. I'm like, I cannot believe you said that last night. And we're not, we're not even going to pay attention to the court case. Well, see, so, so I've always thought well, he this would be very educational hidden, for you. Yeah, I thought he was always kind of a hidden conservative, but I guess not. I mean, you really think that, that Joe Biden's doing okay? You said you were a fiscal conservative. You lied. <laughs> Yeah, what do we have, $131 trillion dollars in debt? Huh? What did you Trump think when Biden, Biden fell asleep? What was he talking to, the president of, of India, I think? Yeah, yeah. And he fell asleep across the table from the man? Well, That's wait. horrible, so let's get a fascist in. and Tony's, Tony's done that when we've been at the office. Um, yeah, but so so your whole thing, well, say, let's, take a, let's take Trump away from the equation then, because you know, I think he's kind of fallen out of favor with some conservatives by his statements on transitioning kids and also on uh, on abortion say it's not say it's joe biden versus desantis who are you voting for probably biden uh, you know desantis is worse than uh than trump <laughs> all right nikki haley versus joe biden now that's a little closer nikki has some common sense uh uh well, a little closer does that mean still probably vote for biden but maybe have to think about well, it um Give me some other good choices. How about there. <laughs> Who? Ramaswamy. Ramaswamy. <laughs> uh, Chris Christie versus Biden. Give me another choice. <laughs> <laughs> Running out. Uh, Tim Scott versus Biden. How about uh, how about the uh, Rudy? Versus Rudy Giuliani. Biden. Yeah, versus Biden. Well, he's under indictment too. I know, and doesn't have a law license anymore. So, okay, I'll play along. Rudy Giuliani versus Now, when Biden. I met Rudy, <laughs> funny you should ask. <laughs> Good segue. As I was representing uh, this, the uh, Far Purdue Pharma, manufacturer of uh, oxycodone. Mm -hmm. You represented them? Yeah. Yeah. Are you in that Netflix series? No. No, but uh, Rudy came in and tried to muscle and push everybody aside and take over the entire representation of uh, Purdue Pharma. And then what happened? Well, Purdue Pharma went down the tubes when Rudy got in. Okay, so I'm guessing you're voting Biden if it's Rudy Giuliani versus Biden. You are correct. Did you know that Netflix series was filmed on location right here in, in the Richmond area at a wedding venue called The Estate of River Run. I did not. My personal friend owns that. What's that Netflix thing called? Um, I've never seen it. Were you I in it? No. You know, I'm in a Netflix uh, documentary. I would hope. I, I am. I'm in uh, The Innocence Files, uh, episode three, about 34 minutes, 27 seconds in. <laughs> So there you go. So Bill, um, I've learned a lot tonight. Uh, I've, I've, I'm going to go soak my head. Actually, <laughs> I'm going to have to go take a long walk. But I've learned a lot about my partner here. Um, but I, I, I'm still just stunned that you think everything is going okay here in, in the United States, right? 
you're asking me to, to get a fascist in place of Biden. Well, you keep saying it's Trump, but you don't know if it's going to be Trump. And then so you're now saying that any Republican candidate, because we keep throwing names at you, has to be a fascist. Or they're well, a fascist. Trump's a fascist. Why is Trump a fascist? Look up the definition of fascism. Trump. I, I understand what the definition of fascism. Well, I want to hear Trump why you fits think it like a T. And what's your definition of fascism? Uh, the definition of fascism. Yeah. Uh, one is, uh, is uh, perpetuating uh, on their own and uh, abolishes the rule of law and uh, et cetera. Isn't that an oligarch? Well, no. Okay, so a fascist would curb First Amendment freedoms, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. A fascist would kind of try to make sure that a narrative fit that the government was right and any opinion by the government was could not be impugned, right? Right? Any opinion by him. Right, uh, which that person would serve as the yeah. government. So any opinion espoused by the government was the right opinion. And any other contrary uh, belief or opinion uh, should be censored, right? That's fascism, right? You would agree with that, right? We going down to George Orwell? Uh, no, we're not to 1984 yet. yet but, but then also fascism would be also controlling the economy to work for the government rather than a capitalist system, correct? So it would work for the few, not the many, correct? Okay. You would agree with that, fascism? Oh, I'm right? with you so far. Okay. And you would believe that uh, that government would want to make sure, a fascist government would want to make sure that there was no higher power above government like God, that the highest power for the people would be the government itself. That way the, the people would obey the government and not try to overthrow it, change it, or exert any freedoms over it, correct? Sorry, what is the definition of fascism? <laughs> Hey, that Netflix series, why he's doing that, was called Painkiller. Yeah, but do you notice what I'm describing right now, which is a restriction on your freedom of expression, uh, government uh, censorship and narratives that fit the government, uh, control over the economy for the few and not the many, uh, anti-capitalism. I think I'm describing Joe Biden and his government right now, the one that my buddy, my former law partner, Tony Troy, a former is supporting. <laughs> so, you know, and so they throw that fascist word around these Democrats. And I mean, my God, you know, everything's fascism, fascism, anti-fascism. I mean, you know, think about, um, you know, the movements that we see. And just in case you forgot, he's sitting right here. Oh, right. I <laughs> forgot. But, you know, this is, but this is what they do. They, they sit there and, and accuse everything of being fascist or racist, or misogynist. You know, we've talked about that a hundred times. Victim call. And they believe it. They really believe it. So they think censorship's okay. I would think Tony Troy is a First Amendment champion, you know, a, a protector of the Constitution, especially when it comes to criminal defense, you know, because that stands between the government and the accused. And, and he's over there going, yeah, yeah, Trump's a fascist. Fascist. Uh, on First Amendment, now that you mentioned the First Amendment. <laughs> you know him? Well, I lost the... Uh, First Amendment case in uh, the United States Supreme Court when I argued it. And that's why we now have uh, lawyer advertising. Oh, you that's right. When you were attorney general, uh, it was illegal to advertise if you're a lawyer because you, know, you couldn't solicit clients and that was determined to be solicitation. So he took up the, uh, the lawyer sued because they wanted to advertise on TV or radio or in, even in the newspaper. And he took the position that it was 
against the law. And, and so again, here was Tony Troy for censorship and against the constitution and the first amendment. And so he defended the, the posture that you could not advertise as a lawyer and the lawyers won. And now that's why you see all those crappy ads. So you on this very quite accurate. You created ambulance chasers. What I did was try to defend a Virginia statute that said one cannot, a pharmacy cannot advertise the price of a prescription drug. The idea behind that statute was that uh, you needed a, a three-legged stool between doctor, patient, and pharmacist. And uh, if you started enticing people to uh, go to various pharmacies, a pharmacist wouldn't know what type of drugs you were getting, and you could get drugs that are contraindicated. Uh, the Supreme Court of the United States struck that down. I argued that uh, uh, up until that point in time, uh, uh, the First Amendment did not apply to uh, commercial advertising. Uh, and as a result of the case I lost, it does. And then the next case that came along was lawyer advertising. What's your golf handicap? I don't play golf. <laughs> See, there you go. Very good lawyer. He's an excellent attorney. He doesn't know what the hell he's talking about in terms of what's going on around him right now. I'm a little worried about that, but I love the guy to death. This is Tony Troy. Tony, how many years have you been a lawyer? Help me here. I'm bad at math. Okay. Sixty-six. That's obvious. <laughs> Sixty-six. Yeah, sixty-six years, almost a century. Uh, no, uh, nineteen sixty-six was when you were sworn in as a lawyer. Sworn in as a lawyer, so okay. that's uh, fifty-seven years. Hmm? Fifty-seven years. Okay, if you say so. Wow, I mean that's amazing. And, that's, and my bar number is number five. <laughs> <laughs> that's that. I have no doubt about that. Is that true? It's pretty low. I think so. So my bar number is, and they do it in order. So you like they order you for how you score in the bar exam that year. But um, so bar numbers now are like ninety thousand in numbers. Mine is three seven two zero nine. Thirty seven thousand two zero nine. Yours is like eleven seventy or something. Oh five nine five. Oh five nine five. Which means he was the five hundred and ninety fifth. No, no, lawyer. five thousand. Oh five nine five. Oh. Five oh nine five zero five nine eight five zero. So less than six thousand lawyers had been sworn into the bar in Virginia by the time he got only in Virginia. Yeah, so it's just in Virginia. Virginia. You don't have a national number. So uh, you've had quite a colorful career, and you're crazy as hell when it comes to your politics. <laughs> and I, I don't even know who you are anymore. <laughs> I cannot believe that. But Harry, I love are you the setting guy. up a uh, conference call for tomorrow? <laughs> No, I, we do. We do. Uh, I, we need to have part two to find out whether, you know, how we did uh, in court. Uh, but, but I'm telling you, there's nobody I'd rather sit next to uh, in, a, in a court of law than with Tony. And, and we've done a number of cases together and he's entertaining. He's funny as hell. You know, I like to have a good time. You've been with me yep. in our court cases and, and uh, love to joke and, and at the same time take it very seriously and, and also have somebody there that is just a wealth of knowledge has no political common sense, but he's a wealth of legal knowledge. And uh, I'm never asking him another question about politics ever again, because I cannot be disappointed <laughs> well, like I am now. Tony, we accomplished something tonight, Dan, didn't we? Yeah, completely. I hope we did. Completely <laughs> disappointed. I'm going to start drinking. We got, I'm going to have to have a round two at some point, because we haven't even gotten to the dinner we had at General Troy's house at Wintergreen last week. Oh my and the goodness. drama 
that some of my legal team on my skill game suit had getting out of the driveway. Yeah, that that was pretty amazing. Uh, the Ian, uh, even Ian, yeah, and that house you had, he calls it my cabin. Yeah, come see my cabin, which had mold all in it, so he had to get like fumigated. <laughs> and he's put That's it all a beautiful back together. Home. Oh my god, it's like a little beautiful. log cabin. You expect like little gnomes and shit to be, you know, running around. Uh, it's like this little uh, fantasy land for those people that, you know, believe in the Hobbit. Uh, it was a really nice place. But then, you know, it's got like four levels of decks. And Tony was down the bottom. I said, you, you, are you going to be able to come back up this deck? And you're, I don't know. And uh, <laughs> quite an impressive place he's got there. And it used to and be you, his bachelor pad. He may want to be bringing back up since y'all have had these other disputes. Uh somebody damaged some of his kitchen equipment while we were there cooking. Um, yes. A man that we know only has one name. Uh, uh, <laughs> but that wasn't you. That was not me. Oh, I, I, I made thought dinner. you were a party to that. No, no. Yeah, you oh, okay. bought dinner. I made dinner. Yeah. Uh, we had a great time. That was after a long Man, day we cooked of steaks. Was it meat I dry? cooked some of Mama Bell's rice. You did a... You got potato. the salad right the second night. We did Laura's salad. Uh, yeah, it didn't have the crappy dressing. Yeah, and you did some potatoes. That's what caused the problem, the potatoes. Yes, and and that's a story, I guess, for another time. We've been going for an hour and a half with this uh, this liberal <laughs> crackpot. Um, I just, I, I can't even. I, Senator, before we go, he will you? never have his name on my door. <laughs> I've noticed something. Speaking of your door, I've noticed something over here that's very concerning to me. Have you noticed this? What's that? You know, uh, the on little the door uh, of my apartment here. Security lock. Yeah. And it's got four screws and three of them have pulled out. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> well, if, hopefully mean, I'll be at court tomorrow. I mean, have you. Suddenly, you know, you're worried about security and safety, you know, whether it's the casinos coming after us, knowing where I, where we hey, are I do at one point or. No or, one's uh, coming after him. Hey, so wait, I've got a question just popped in my head. Um, who killed Kennedy? I mean, you were there probably. Um, did you know John Kennedy? I did not. Okay, so was I knew his it, brother Ted. Remember, I told right, you that. Right. <laughs> you told me the Ted story. You opened the pool for, and that's kind of ironic. You know, Chappaquiddick. You're getting a Teddy giving some swimming in, but you're you know a, a liberal crackpot. Uh, you may have some inside stuff here. Uh, who killed Ted Kennedy? I mean, Ted Kennedy. Who killed John F. Kennedy? Was it, um, was it really a single gunman theory, or, or do you think something else? I have no idea. Okay. Uh, do you believe that there is life on other planets? That we're being visited right now by space aliens and these UFOs that we're seeing they're on not, video? They're not called UFOs anymore. I, what are they called? Well, it's sort of like you change game wardens to wildlife resource officers. I did not do that. <laughs> I voted against that, I believe, because no. I've always called them possum cops or game so, wardens. Uh, Trout police. So what are UFOs called now? Um I don't know. Visitors. I thought they're USO. Hmm? There's Visitors. another name. Anybody know it? I have no idea. No. Yeah, it's called something else. Uh, okay. Well, well whatever it is, uh, you know, there, there's a whole file on that that you can do a FOIA on. Is that right? Freedom of Information Act, and you get all the answers you want. But well, do you believe was the question? No. Okay, well, I, th I, think, I think extraterrestrials do live, and when that little green man comes down here, to america gets off his ship listens to you or this podcast for five minutes he's going to say this place is nuts he's getting back in the spaceship and heading back to the planet xenon okay well, if we've accomplished anything we've at least accomplished <laughs> i've got a decal man that works for me in-house yeah. bill name's mike thomas yeah, oh, yeah. i'm gonna have him with the stanley law group offices first thing in the morning while y'all are in federal court 
Troy and Stanley. Okay. On the front door there uh, at the law firm, right across the street from the Pocahontas building, State Capitol. Because I just think, especially being that Louise Lucas is one of y'all's big time clients, she, <laughs> you want people like that when they walk <laughs> by there it. to yeah. see. Oh my God. You know, well, and the, 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 the Troy needs to be in blue. Stan needs to be in red. We're going to redo the whole logo <laughs> by lunch tomorrow. Well, well then listen. Well, he have a ladder. a sign up there that says, bring your woke victimhood up here. It's well, Mike have a ladder up. tall enough to reach the skyscraper. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Stan Lugger skyscraper overlooking beautiful Why are we not Richmond? taping there? Uh, we haven't been there in a while, but we're going to go back. I mean, we've just been traveling. You said it yourself. We, we need to get the, the heat fixed. We've got to fix the ceiling. I mean, we need to get the uh, been fixed. Wi-Fi Actually, password written out where everybody knows where it, it is. Believe it or not, they changed the HVAC. It had to be replaced. My landlord had to replace it. So, so it's all. We'll be back soon ready. because we got some depositions coming up yeah. that I'm looking forward to sitting in on. Yeah, but uh, and and Tony, um, I want to thank oh, you for. He's done. <laughs> he's stand up and going, baby. <laughs> he's had enough. <laughs> but he is expired. Well, I want Tony. I want I want to thank you for coming on this uh, poop show. Um, this was amazing. I've learned a I'm lot. I'm just going to mute his mic about <laughs> myself and about uh, my law firm, but uh, like that was fun and funny and and uh, and he's not smiling at all. But we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna have to we're gonna have to call this Tony Troy Part One because I think yeah. there's more stories about Uncle George that we need to to talk about. Oh, 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 we have a funeral story for Uncle George. Oh, yeah. oh my God. Um, okay, so we're gonna have to you know cut this one up in two parts. But uh, I think. <laughs> And he's gone. The general <laughs> And the general's gone. <laughs> the dry meat didn't hit oh, him. Hey, I want to say before we go, uh, make a couple quick uh, <laughs> things. I want to congratulate Connor Hall. Oh, yeah. Um, family friend of ours, races in the late model stock car oh. division, races in the cars tour as well. I heard today, found out from uh, on social media and from his family that uh, he has earned the weekly racing series NASCAR National Championship, and That's they're not awesome. going to take that away from him like they did Peyton Sellers. Yeah, no, he's uh, he is the national champion. That's great. Uh, so he's bringing that back home to Virginia again, which once again says that the toughest and best short track racers in the in the country, a lot of them are right here in the Commonwealth of Virginia. Says a lot. So he won races at Langley. He won races at uh, at Dominion. He's been to. You know, Hickory, other places as well. But congratulations to Connor, Earl, Denise, Chelsea, the whole family uh, on the championship. And the last thing, uh, this past week was tough on a lot of people yeah. in the NASCAR community. Um, two of my best friends in the sport for the longest time have been Martin Truex Jr. and Sherry Pollux. Sherry Pollux, many people will know her just as uh, Martin Truex's longtime girlfriend. Um, but her dad, Greg Pollux, was a car owner, fixture car owner back in the early to mid 90s, late 90s, early 2000s in the NASCAR Bush Grand National Series. Well, uh, Sherry, much to her credit, um, had about a eight year battle with uh, ovarian cancer and she made it public and really did a lot of good things, raised a lot of money, wow. a lot of awareness. Uh, she passed away. Uh, early this week at the age of 44. Wow. And uh, the outpouring of support from the NASCAR community uh, has just been wonderful. And and the, the, the tributes, and she's just, I mean, we went every year up until this year, went down to GoPro Motorsports Complex and, and raced go-karts uh, for, uh, for Sherry Pilex and Martin Truex and their 
uh, endeavor together to raise money and awareness for ovarian cancer and all that. And so I just want to send my well wishes, thoughts, prayers, and condolences to Greg Pollux and the Pollux family and, and what a, what a life she lived and, and all the lives she touched and she's certainly going to be missed. Never met her, but, but read a story in the athletic, uh, that was Jeff Gluck. I think he wrote it. Right. And it was really amazing story and really never met her, but obviously a great philanthropist and, and, uh, uh, and someone to admire and look up to. And, and, you know, such a, such a history and a, and a life well lived in 44 years. Yep. Uh, so, uh, an even through all of her struggles all and being sick, cancer. she always had other people's needs and interests above hers. Never complained. Always had a smile on her face. And uh, just a radiant personality and person. And I and I don't mean to to you know to get off that subject or, or to deviate and minimize her impact in not just NASCAR and and also women who who fight cancer and the strength that she you know showed every single day. But what was this stuff about Danica Patrick? I mean, she made something on Twitter, a comment uh, that was derogatory to uh, Martin Tricks Jr. I thought um, when Martin put out you know a public statement that obviously was written by a you know, a publicist. Uh, yeah, a lot of people. I mean, Martin and and Sherry had split some time back. Um, don't know the details of that. It was none of my business. Mm-hmm. But I'll just read to you it without interjecting my personal feelings about it because I'm disappointed that that's what Danica Patrick did was insert herself personally into something that should have always been about Sherry Pollock's. This was Martin Truex's statement. It says, from the very minute of her diagnosis, Sherry was determined to not only fight ovarian cancer with everything she had, but also make a difference in the lives of others battling this terrible disease. Sherry's passion for making a difference in the lives of others was inspiring to everyone. Through her tireless charity work for so many years, her legacy will live well beyond our lifetimes and continue to help countless families who are battling ovarian and childhood cancer. I would like to extend my deepest condolences to her entire family who have shown incredible strength and resilience throughout her battle. Don't see anything wrong with that. But, no, not at all. Okay, here's what Danica Patrick wrote on her Instagram. I avoid negativity on social media at almost all cost. Almost. But this is the most insensitive, disconnected statement from a guy that I never liked, and obviously for good reason. I don't care what happened between them, but this is as cold as it gets. A PR rep wrote this guaranteed. You're free from all this now, Sherry. Wow. What so that's just disappointing to me that uh, Danica would insert herself in that. Um, and I don't care to comment on that any further. Uh, I go back to what I said. My condolences to Sherry and her family. Right. Um, her and Martin had a wonderful relationship for well over 10 years. And uh, he, as far as I, everything that I saw and knew when I was around him, he stood beside her as she did him uh, through it all, ups and downs and, and otherwise. And it's just unfortunate that Danica has decided she wants to get some attention off something that uh, we should be talking about and celebrating Sherry Pollock. Yeah, let's remember the positive and, and certainly the differences she made in people's lives as she fought her own battles and did so much in those 44 years that God gave her. And that's, you know, we're never guaranteed. My dad used to say, and he died of cancer at the age of 51. And um, he always used to say to me, don't be so busy making a living that you forget to make a life. 
Well, she made an incredible life and touched so many others. And and I didn't even know her, but now the stories I've read, and I've just got a text while we're sitting here uh, on this Monday night or Tuesday night that uh, Charlie Davis uh, and Troy, you may know and remember Charlie Davis, the lobbyist, uh, Charlie passed away this evening and just got word. Yeah. And uh, he was at our fundraiser that I had in Richmond International Raceway. You met him. Mm-hmm. Uh, wonderful, gregarious, outgoing guy, full of life, uh, never took life too seriously, um, had the biggest belly laugh you'd ever want to hear and and the quickest wit you'd ever want to know. Had he been and, sick? And he had been sick. Yeah. Uh, but he fought like a he fought like a true champion. And uh, Wow. And so we'll miss him as well. Charlie Davis, rest in peace. We'll see you soon, my friend. Uh, I know right now he's uh, enjoying a bourbon in heaven and um, and looking down at us and saying, suckers, as he used to always do. I, I love that guy. He he was one of the first people that that approached me when I was elected and and was always welcome in my office and such a good, honest, great man um, and lived in Chesterfield and I think it was Brandenburg or Brander, Brander Mill. Brander Mill. Brander Mill. And they called him the mayor of Brander Mill. And he knew everybody and it was, he was a friend to all and an enemy to none. And so God rest your soul, Charlie Davis, Godspeed. Um, I had a question for Hermie. Sure. As long as it's not a question for uh, Tony Troy. <laughs> How many times do you think uh, General Troy sat in on The View? He's got to know Whoopi Goldberg and <laughs> Joey Behar and all those women. He He's got to know them. He was asked to replace uh, probably Joey Behar. I judge people based on my experiences with him, and all of my experiences with General Troy have been good and insightful and fair and open and honest. And so uh, these other issues, he and Bill are going to have to work out. <laughs> now, are you going to update the listeners on our golf outing last It's like Friday? finding out your wife never votes for you every time you're up for re-election. <laughs> it's, it's a shot in the gut. But, but we've known each other to be Democrats and Republicans, and we give each other grief and crap on a daily basis about but this it. went way well, we laugh the whole time but yeah i mean i've learned a lot about tony i'm gonna have to reevaluate uh he comes up for a hr review um so we'll have <laughs> are to, you the committee or a chef on the committee my, i had the, the person i put in charge of hr is me yeah, so, yeah. i mean do you have an employee manual for me uh, i'm gonna write one tonight after you guys leave <laughs> so you're gonna update the listeners on our golf outing i'm not qualified to do that well you know the listeners we told them last week we were playing an autism tournament this past friday yeah, for like two feet. rounds they do one in the morning one in the afternoon right yeah, yeah. it's a huge tournament. i thought you were talking about our round of golf at oh no i was talking about, feet about that on friday yeah. no we uh we fielded a team uh salad butters oil company and sleeping in food talented Mars. team we with put a, a, with a guy uh, named yeah. uhura right or, or bones what was the guy's name we had uh mr <laughs> shep Mose and right. i and we had uh, my brother elliot saddler oh, we went to the bullpen got him when you know and then the guy that took your place is Chris Thompson, affectionately known as Spock. Spock, that's it. Yeah. Okay. Spock is a player. How Spock you, can hit a golf ball. We did finish 14 we under, shot 14 I believe. 14 under. I'm not sure where we ended up. Were you using like where you had to hit with a cup over your ball and stuff? We did do Solo that. Solo cup, yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. We did do that. Okay. And so we how did Elliot play? We used two mulligans on the first hole. Is that right? <laughs> if that tells you how the day started. How did Elliot play? Oh, good. We, we yeah. all... We all Actually, we all got, we all got our shots in. We all Did you win? Were you in the money? In a little way. I, I don't. I I left. Um, don't know what the final rundown. I do know nineteen under, one first prize. Okay. Uh, but the team that they had put together for that team was four really good golfers. We were more looking at 
the charitable nature of things yeah. and well, Elliot thought, personality. Elliot thought too. we were going to finish around 11, 9 to 11 under. So we exceeded those expectations. Well, that's good. That's good to see Elliot gets out occasionally. Yeah. You know, not just a youth baseball We rode the big or... golf cart. We didn't have oh, any mechanical problems. Yeah, brought the big now, boy out. I, I, know we, I, I wouldn't say we didn't have any problems. Now, what, did, what problems did we have? Did, did, did me and Spock in the back, there was a slight fuel overage problem. The, the thing was a little flooded. And the fumes. You mean the carbon monoxide? C- carbon monoxide. For all they know, that by the time we got to number seven, like a spot were, uh, limousine we're golf cart. I yeah. disconnected that carbon monoxide detector. Uh-huh. Well, that that not uh, to be a distraction. Oh, well. But a great event for a great cause. They raise a lot of money. It's a great day. We've had Mandy Calhoun on here. You know Brian. Yep. 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 Calhoun, his family. They're doing uh, doing great work, and they're working on having a wonderful service providing facility for all special needs. Uh, families, kids, and that nature in South Hill, and we don't have anything like that in our area. I'm looking forward to continuing to support them. And Senator, I will say, Elliot was a fan of my playlist. Oh, you were not, but yeah, Elliot yeah, enjoyed yeah, your music. music. Is yeah, yeah, your music is just beyond me. But that's good. Elliot liked your your stuff, and 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 we wish uh, Tony Troy would have stuck around. He had to go campaign for Susanna Gibson. She was calling him over for a special meeting. Uh, a Zoom meaning. <laughs> she said she's going to win. I'll be I'm right over. behind her. I'll be right she's going to win. <laughs> but uh, we want to thank Tony Troy, my partner today. He's going to give her a deep push right to the finish line. Speaking with us. Uh, wow. Uh, is all I can say, but I love the man and uh, and he's a great guy. So uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast as much as we uh, We learned laughing. that the economy is great. Yeah. <laughs> and we got nothing to worry about. So here yep. we go. And uh, Trump's a fascist. And that uh, the dogs eat his checks that my firm sends out to him. So there you go. We learned a lot today. Uh, we really I don't know did. what, but we'll figure it out when we play this back again. But ladies and gentlemen, always thanks for listening. You can always reach us uh, on Facebook at uh, Leaning Right and Turning Left Podcast. You can uh, Sadler Senator on Twitter or X or whatever you want to call it. And then you can always find out what our race team is doing with www.sadlerstanleyracing.com. And we're on all major platforms. You can listen to us. Give us a five-star rating and tell your friends. Uh, our our listenership is just going up. And I'm sure after this one, we are crossing aisles. We're, we're, crossing were, these, were these revelations on the show tonight open us up to more potential sponsorships and things from, you know, other type liberal yeah, companies entities, and otherwise? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking we're going to have a Bud Light ad here in the next week or two. <laughs> I think we're set for Target for a long campaign. And so I can't wait. How about the hair jail? They uh, could be a sponsor. Well, for you, you. Oh, for you. Oh, well, this is the first time I've had hair gel. Had my hair cut today. If you go to Sport Clips in Willow Long, go to uh, go to Renoka. She was uh, wonderful and uh, cut my hair like a, a pro and a champ. She knew exactly what she was doing. I was very pleased. So she took me right in and and she did a very good job. So and she put gel in my hair, which is the first time ever. So I had to brush that thing out. You we appreciate y'all listening to Leaning Right and Turning Left with Sadler and the Senator. Powered by Pace and Maddie. I'm Virginia State Senator Bill Stanley, and I'm going to go have a cry because I'm still leaning right, but my partner's way friggin' left. Appreciate y'all listening. Have a good night. God bless you all.
Hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson with SaveWithConrad.com. You've heard me bragging on the podcast for years about helping people save money on their current house, but did you know that I can help you with your next house as well? That's right, we can get you into your next house with zero down. No money down loan programs are still available, and I know it sounds too good to be true, but we can do it for you. And by the way, home ownership is more affordable than you might think. We routinely turn renters into homeowners, and we hear back that their new house payment is more affordable than what they were paying in rent. Why would you keep doing that? Stop throwing your money away, paying for someone else's mortgage, and start building wealth for your family. And let my family help at SaveWithConrad.com. You don't need perfect credit to do this. We can improve credit scores down to the 500s, and it's worth mentioning, we never say no. We say not yet, but here's how. You need a game plan to buy a house, and that's where we come in at SaveWithConrad.com. We'll ask you, what down payment do you want to make? And zero is an acceptable answer. And what monthly payment do you want? And then it's time to go shopping. Find out how easy it is and how affordable it is to become a homeowner at SaveWithConrad.com.